0: Super excited to talk to Ron Rice from the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools today. I think the last time we spoke, you were in St. Louis to be the keynote speaker at the Missouri Charter Schools Conference, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I think we talked then a little bit about St. Louis. Um, you know, it's in the news enough, like most people know what a troubled city it is. But how we have a really distinct red line, called, uh, which is Delmar. And it's called the Delmar Divide, and north of it is tro- like the much more troubled area, and south of it is not so much. And it's um, you know it's it's a sad situation that we can't get past it. But also, I don't know how well you how familiar you are with the Missouri charter school law. It was passed in '98 uh, as punishment, so only. You know, the, our State Department of Education labels every school district every year as fully accredited, partially accredited, or unaccredited. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. great news is, out of 520 school districts, 512 are fully accredited. So it's a garbage system, <laughs> right. to say the least. Right. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, what would you say to the parents of Normandy? Or what's your why when it comes to charter schools? I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, what's your why in this?
1: Well, I, I think, it, I think it, it's, it's how you look at the problems of education either you believe that a system of of traditional, and I stress traditional public education, um, is the answer, is the right model for the education of the masses of black and brown people, or you believe that like we need something else Uh, because it, 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 it really is your perspective in terms of looking at the real history of public education, and in my opinion, black and brown people, right? And so right. it's almost like the Trump line that says "Make America Great Again," and people go, well, "When was America great?" Right? Some of those same people. And so the question is, when was American traditional public K through twelve education great for the masses of black and brown people? And and the answer is, it never was. You can't never. point to a golden age. You can't point to a golden time. There's no statistics to show that the masses. I'm talking about of, of black sure. and brown people. And when you look at what has happened in terms of our communities, what the lack of education actually means, what happens to black boys if they can't read by the third grade, um, um, you know, that that they're private prisons who base uh, their growth structure and model on like third grade reading, right? So, so so there are systems um, within our within our community, within our, our nation that predicate law enforcement, prison dollars. Uh, the, the school to prison pipeline based on reading scores. And so when it comes down to the answer being investing more in a system that is never really delivered for black and brown people, I, I, that makes no sense to me. That's, that's a definition of insanity. What, 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 what I would tell black and brown people in Normandy and other places is that the history of black people in America has been to create schools that work for us despite the system, right? In spite of what the system has. I mean, there, there's a reason why, you know, when the Freedmen Bureau started to educate blacks after slavery, black slaves, free black slaves are the ones who rounded up black people to get education. When you look at people like Marva Collins in Chicago, who started a private school, who was a Chicago teacher um, in the traditional public school, who recognized the, the the system, not individual teachers, the system, the bureaucracy, the, the size of it, the, the political interests involved in it, the the, the political nature of it just did not allow for a a an out-of-the-box thinking school for, for caring educated to educate kids. The, the, the whole history of black people in America, whether it be Piney Woods private school in Mississippi, which still exists to this day, whether it be even the more radical elements of, of the of the Black experience, the Black Panther Party talked about freedom schools, um, and, and the like, it has been creating schools that that cater to our needs, our culture and the things that we need in ways way that the majority system has not. And so what I would tell people in Normandy is, y- you don't have anything to lose because the system has not worked for you. Uh, and this is another way to try and do it. Now, listen, if the- Well, math- I'll tell you
0: what they're gonna say they have to lose is money.
1: Well, well, the thing is, this is what we always go to, right? The money doesn't belong to the district. The money belongs to the child. If, if, a, if a kid left the traditional district school and went to another traditional district school, the money follows the kid. Well, it follows the kid to a public charter school as well. There is right. no dichotomy. You're not losing money because the assumption has to be if you lose money is that you have the money. You don't have the money. <laughs> the money is portable. And it yeah. goes the They've been
0: shedding students there. I mean, people are, who can't afford to move out, move out. But, but kids have done their entire K-12 experience in this school district. Yeah. You can't get more than one in 10 kids doing math. Yeah. And that, to me, I believe that school choice is the civil rights issue of this generation.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and there are a number of people who agree with you, right? And so, and so what I would tell people is, you know, certain people read the party line. And, and part of my job as a as, as senior director of government relations and being part of a national organization supporting charter schools is I get to see the terrain all over the place. And yeah. so while you'll have somebody that says, well, the NAACP has come out for a moratorium on charter schools. What I will say to them is, well, no other black organization has. And in fact, other black organizations, the National Urban League has affiliates that have started charter schools. Unidos yep. U.S. has started charter schools. A hundred black men of America have started right. charter schools. Uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, shout out to my fraternity. Uh, <laughs> you
0: got a- to get that in there.
1: You got to get that in there. It's starting a charter school. And, and, you know, And Black Lives Matter just recently came out and said, they're starting a charter school in Rhode Island. And so, well, then and so what's
0: going on with the Democratic Party it, and it all of a sudden being you know, uh, a litmus test that they have to be against charter schools? I mean, what, what do you see uh, coming up in the next few years with the new administration for charter schools?
1: Well, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I think there's, there's a few things here, Flo. I think I think one is, you know, it's it's and while we're not anti teacher union at all, of course, it, it, we're for high quality, high performing charter schools. The, uh, the, they have a problem with us. And so the problem is that is that they are a, a large organization flush with money, flush with bodies that can that, and, and they are part of the base of the Democratic Party. And I don't have a problem with that. The problem that I have is that the, the, the larger, bigger, deeper, wider, more most um, most uh, loyal base, part of that base also are black and brown people. And polling yep. has shown for the last six years that I've been working at the National Alliance that at, at levels of 50, 60, 70, and 80% in some communities, Black and brown people support these schools. Right. Um, the, the weirdest part about it is that charter schools employ more people of color as right. teachers and administrators and staffers than the traditional school district. Um, so it, it's 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 there's a disconnect between what the party leaders have seen, I think, a lot of the old guard members of the Democratic Party who have a very good relationship with the unions, which I think is wonderful, but not listening to the hearts, minds, and desires of their actual constituents who are saying, we need a disruption of this system. And, and the other thing I would say is this, if you look at 95% of the loudest opponents of charter schools, particularly in Democrats, You have to look at their own life stories, right?
0: where they send their kids.
1: And where they send their kids. (laughs) And I say this everywhere I go. 90%, 95% to 97% of all the opponents I've ever encountered have either send their own kids to private school, to parochial schools, to magnet schools, to charter schools quietly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to district schools, wait for it, in well-to-do districts. That's not in Normandy. Exactly. They're not and, sending and, and them to that school. Is, and that is what riles us up. And that, Because I'm saying they are mocking you. They are actually telling you to do as I say and not as I do. And yep. Black and brown people, particularly who are low income, should never have to apologize for wanting for their kids, what every other American wants for their kids. There's a lot of, 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 of paternalistic attitudes towards Black and brown people when it comes to this. And a lot of people who are in these communities like Normandy and other places are being fed this by 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 an ilk of people who would never send their own children to these very same schools that they are saying you must go to.
0: The original there's been a follow up, but the original Ferguson report, when it came out with recommendations of what to do to fix Ferguson, I thought would have uh, bring charter schools in there as one of the recommendations because we have a we have a small kip network in st louis we have i think they have two or three schools and we have some very high performing charter schools on the north side of st louis and i think those people would love to get into these other districts and actually the one opening in normandy i reviewed their application it's going to be a fantastic school and it's going to put the kids in the community and they're going to develop leadership as like sort of their to develop community leaders is their their shtick thing and so um it's going to be a great school. It's going to have a waiting list. I bet you immediately, and it's what people want.
1: I, have, I haven't found a new charter school that did not have a waiting list anywhere in America.
0: Right. That's right. And so, oh, all the ones that most of them in St. Louis, they, you know, there's not enough spots for the people who want to be okay. in them, and it's kind of a shame. But and especially now, I don't know. I'd love to know your perspective because I haven't followed charter schools specifically nationally this year. But with the St. Louis, is going to be virtual probably for a year. Yeah. What do you do if you're a working parent and you have a seven-year-old that you can't stay home and do virtual education with? I'm concerned there's a lot of kids home alone this year in St. Louis. Um, And you have, you know, we had a Catholic school close. I mean, this is sort of outside of the realm of charter schools, but I think charter schools are more likely, according to the research I've seen, to to try to open in person and to do a better job according to University of Washington.
1: Yep.
0: That's important and people need access to that. And to shut it down, for for you know uh, turf war reasons like us versus them, that's just ignoring the needs of the kids.
1: Well, that's and and, and that's and that's why the debate is ridiculous, right? At the end of the yeah. day, it is not charter versus district or district versus charter. It's it's quality schools for all kids, uh, in the short term and the and then in the long term. Uh, and how do we maximize that for all kids? And the answer is not 100% charters. It's not 100% district but doggone it, you know, we're not going anywhere. And the fact of the matter is we're not going anywhere because the demand says that we're not going anywhere. And and the polling says that. And so the reality is that-
0: Yeah, more you than 7,000 schools, almost probably closer to 4 million.
1: It, we're, we're at 3.3 million right now okay. and, and growing. And is, and yeah. what we've seen across the country is, is enrollment has dropped in traditional district schools mm-hmm. and they've increased in charter schools, That's particularly right. virtuals. Um, And I know there's some, there's some issues with some virtuals. Let's sure, be honest sure. about it. We understand that, but parents are craving something else. And 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 parents are craving some kind of better thing than than the Zoom class. And and I don't know what that is. And God knows teachers have a hard time. I'm not yeah. not, not belittling the job they have to do with this. And nobody is saying that they absolutely themselves in danger or the kids in danger by by having you know face-to-face sort of classes. But the response from the traditional district bureaucracy, and I, and I call it that, because that's what it is. It's just not been responsive to parents in this. Mm-hmm. They've never listened to parents in this. And and their national parent organizations, the National Parent Union, that's yeah. fired up. Parents Network. They're um, fired up. Yeah, I, I, I would say for places like Normandy that you mentioned, bring somebody like Sarah Carpenter in from from Power Parents Network and let them come in and, 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 te- and, and teach and show these parents how to be advocates for their kids. That That's the key here, how to be good advocates for kids and, and be able to to know your rights, the rights for your children. You may not choose a charter school, that's fine, but fight for the best options for your kids in these schools. And you asked the question about what I think happens with a Biden administration. I think a Biden administration actually is not gonna be as strident as some of the rhetoric that came through and through the primaries and, and, and there was virtually no discussion of education in the general election. I know. Yeah, at all, but but I, I, I think, uh, to the president-elect's credit, um, there are a lot of people who, who in, within his inner circle and outside of it, who either have come from charter schools, have been supportive of charter schools. You know, everyone knows that, that the, the delegation in Delaware, uh, Senator Tom Carper and, and Senator Chris Coons, are, are, and Biden's are an inner circle. They have been constant and consistent supporters of charter schools in Delaware uh, mm-hmm. throughout their terms. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I look at a Cory Booker, um, I look at a, a Senator uh, uh, um, Michael Bennett, I look at the new Senator coming from his state, Senator Hickenlooper, who was a governor oh, yeah. of Colorado, who have been supporters. And even in the House, we we we've seen new, younger, I'll uh, younger Democrats who are coming in, who are like, we just want to know what works. Uh, you know, we're we're not we're not agnostic about you know uh, we're not anti anything. We're we're pro good quality schools. And if you have a good school, a good school plan. Um, that, that's what we're going to. So a lot of those folks are going to be influencing policy. We're very happy with the number of people who've been part of the landing teams and Biden's uh, uh, administration mm-hmm. for education. A number of them, uh, I served with one on the National Charter Collaborative Board, which is an organization of single-site independent uh, charter schools. Led oh, nice. by color. Um, uh, I think Cloud you know,
0: and also they make this big to do about for-profit charter schools. Like that seems to be the the thing they and what what is that ten percent of charter schools and ten percent of charter
1: schools and 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 closing down well, again, and it's it's, declining it's, exactly it's states right if the state allows it then your problems with the state not with the federal government um, that's right and 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 you know if you don't like it in your state you should organize and try to close them down but but the other piece about it is it, it's problematic because the for profit moniker is just not a real moniker it, that's right. Because I tell people all the time, if, if you're going to be against, quote, unquote, for-profit charters, then we should make sure districts only contract with nonprofits, right? So they should only contract food with service. School service, food service, right? buses, be right? Because we don't, we don't want that. And, 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 we, and we should also tell these people who get these contracts with, with district schools, you can't give money to people who are running for school board. We can't give money to, you know. Yep. So I'm all for that. Security test. Profit. I mean,
0: you think Cisco Food Systems is a nonprofit? You think Pearson Curriculum is a nonprofit? I mean,
1: there's a. You massive. Think they don't give money politically to those who can empower them and give them contracts? See that? So we're talking reform. Let's yep, go all yep, the way yep. with reform. I, I'm, yep. with, I'm with reform. We want to get rid of for profits? Oh, cool. That's fine with me. Then we got to ban for profit contracting and vendor services. every school district in america particularly in the urban communities
0: i just think it's an easy uh it's a straw man argument right it's just an easy thing to say because then people think also i don't think there's a lot of profit to be made in the charter school sector in terms of running charter schools i i
1: I haven't seen it i don't know anybody getting rich off of running charter (laughs) schools
0: so um a question that i get well i will say this when i've gone when i First moved to st louis and went to jefferson city for the first time to testify about charter school expansion in our state because again while you can have them anywhere we got to get past this no school board would ever charter a school yeah thought process so i get a couple of questions um they don't work in rural areas are there any rural charter schools i'm like there are hundreds yes hundreds of rural charter schools so that's a myth and also um and also uh the research do they outperform, right? Well, what we do know, Mackie Raymond of Stanford Credo has been doing this over and over and over and slicing this all different ways since yes. about at least 2005. Yes. And while you can't necessarily see across the board charter school sector does better than traditional public school sector, you see it in places. You yes. see it for black and brown kids, yep.
1: more in likely, urban, in urban communities, for
0: urban districts.
1: Yep. Uh, proven. Mm-hmm. Proven. Yeah.
0: Stop talking about it. It's proven, right. um, and you see it um, for charters that are part of part of networks, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yet people just don't believe it.
1: Well, and and that that's that's I hate to say that's the dumbing down of America, and some of that can be tied to you know Trump administration and, and that way yeah. point of looking at it. I, you know, I'm not trying to be political here, but but there there is a there is a fake news like like you know, just, just obsession with Americans right now. And there is a, there, what is factual, what is research driven and data proven um, is, is, is the stuff of opinion right now. It just seems like, well, that's just your opinion. You know, my opinion is here, are my set of numbers that say something else. And so we can both have our moment on the, on the, on, on, on CNN and then at the end of the, of the show, it's not like who who's right. It's like, well, thank you for your, both of your comments, right? right? The sky is blue. The sky is yellow. Let's argue it out, and we never just uh, admit that the sky is blue. So that's happening across America. But I, I think when you look at even for instance, so everything I've seen, not just not just the gold standard, which like you said is 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 from California and Stanford and Credo, but even most recently that you know the Harvard uh, report that came out that showed yep. again. You know, using NAPE scores, right? You can see its uh, first national NAPE score uh, looking in terms of charter and, and district school comparison. The numbers say, so I've not seen a report in the last five years that has said anything uh, contrary to that. Um, if we thing. know
0: longer term outcomes, more likely to go to college, more likely to graduate from college, Absolutely. higher median earnings. You know, now we have KIPP, which is the largest, I think, still the largest charter school network in the country. Yeah. Um, started in Texas a long time ago hundreds of schools and they have thousands of alumni so they can yes. follow their own alumni and they right. can, and this, and this is what I want to say to the people in Normandy. What I, you know, Mike would prognosticate is that when the, the school board of Normandy says you can't be done unless you give us more money, this school's going to open and do it. Right. Yes. They're yes. not going to have 7% proficiency rates or if, right. they do, if they do they'll close.
1: And if they do, they will close. They'll That's close. Important. So it'll be
0: a three year deal. But Probably not. And that's what happened with KIPP. When they started, they were in a very impoverished area of Texas and people were like, well, you can't really do it. These kids can't learn. You need right. more money, blah, blah, blah. And then they did it. And it's like, this is what happens over and over, like with some of the higher performing charter school networks, yes. IDEA in South Texas and the Rio Grande Valley. It's like, we can do this. And they did it. Yes. And I think that that's what's going to happen here. And I think that, honestly, the biggest reason for pushback from the traditional public school system is fear.
1: well it 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 always has been right at the end of the day the 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 concentrated attacks by our opponents on charter schools has really been to stop them from opening you know why because when they open and they do well they develop a constituency of support that they had not anticipated in the community and so it's not just the students that, that 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 love it or their parents it's the extended family right it's the church that the kids go to right it's, it's it's the community center down the street who says wow these kids are really so it, you start developing a base of support around these schools what I hear a lot from people who oppose uh, charter schools will say the new line is well I like those two it's the other ones I don't like right because those two are real community ones well right. and, and so my own thing with Normandy is is give it a chance and and, and the reason why they it's almost like bonus suppression right it, it, it's 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 when people say, you know, why should I vote? And I go, it's because somebody's trying to take it away from you. Th- that shows the value of it, right? When somebody's fighting against something, an opening that's actually as, as, as good a proposal as the one you're saying in Normandy is, it's because they don't want it to succeed. Because if it gets roots and it actually starts to be nourished and grows a tree, that tree will then shatter the myth of what they've been saying negatively about charter schools. A good example is this. In Alabama, you know, there were a lot of naysayers. And, and Alabama got their state law because of black ministers actually fighting and working alongside Republicans to get that law passed. And what has happened since the law has passed in three years? Well, they have created a a charter school that is the most integrated public school in the history of Alabama, right? In three years. They just got a, 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 one school just got approved that is a safe space for LGBTQ kids, right? The first school of its type in the state that, that, that people cry when that school was created, right? So we're talking about affinity things and rules things, places that you were talking about. W- what we're seeing in states where we don't have laws, Nebraska's, the South Dakotas, the Montanas of the world, you know who's pushing those state laws there? Native American tribes and right, natives, right, right? Because they're sick and tired of the schools of the BIE and the BIA that have been imposed on them that again have never educated the masses of, of Native American kids in America and they're demanding charter schools. And they're forcing and fighting for these laws to change so they can create it. So it's it's happening from the ground. And that's the only way this is going to happen. Right. And it, 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 to bring it's in
0: not folks, going away, as you said.
1: Exactly. It's like the Matrix, right? We <laughs> want to free the folks from the Matrix to look at the world with clear eyes and to make a choice and, and to have those options that every American with means, has at their disposal and, and because
0: that- and this is especially true in st louis where yep. we have a big county that's chopped into 29 school districts because we allowed people to circle this neighborhood yes. and circle this. i mean i this is going to be my next question but we absolutely have that in st louis where you can move five miles and get the house you want and the district you want and people people who i think are on my side push yes. back on me at, at on this. We're like, well, well, what if I bought that house and I'm paying the property taxes? Don't I get to then, you know, I'm like, we need to bust it open and not have right. 29, 20 some school districts. We should have a single school district and, and let people pick. Um, but anyway, teeing up, what about the claim that charter schools segregate?
1: Yeah. So, 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 you know, I I'm an I, I'm a non-practicing lawyer, but I remember constitutional law there was a tough thing of segregation. It was de jure segregation and de facto segregation, right? Segregation that people are talking about that they think about is like state-sanctioned, state-mandated segregation. You are black, you will go here to school. You are white, you will go here to school, right? If I choose to sit at a at a table of black people at a, at a eating if eating food in a, in a college cafeteria, that's that's my choice. I just, I'm just. I'm just trying to be around, you know, some folks, maybe my fraternity brothers, or people who are, I have a cultural connection with, right? If a parent decides they want to send their kid to a charter school, and it's in a Black community, so therefore the community is more Black, and so therefore that population is more Black, that is not segregation. That is, that is parents, Black parents making a choice to send their kids to a majority Black school. Um, That's not segregation. The other thing I will say is this, is that, is that, uh, People make that choice all the time who are white to choose not to send their kids. I mean, what do you think the busing fights were in the 70s, right? It was like And that's what St.
0: Months. Louis is rife with that. And that's why we have all these districts, is because people wanted to carve off and exactly. that is the reason that the St. Louis school, the St. Louis metro area is segregated, is 100 percent right. because of district lines. And There's segregation is not
1: a charter school issue. It's a public education issue, that's right? right. It was a good, there was a good, uh, 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 MT, uh, uh, HBO did a documentary about a school in Illinois about how integration was working there, and what they found was the school was integrated, but there was a tracking system in there, so most of the white kids were in the AP classes, and most of the black kids were in the special education. So, but it was integrated. It was an integrated school. The white parents wanted certain things, and the black parents weren't certain things, and so there was full integration. The other thing I would say is this, is that. What has the districts done to encourage integration in their schools? If you look at where they are numbers-wise 50 years ago and look at where it is now, it's even more segregated than it was 50 years ago. There are charter schools who are intentionally and deliberately diverse. Uh, I'm part of a board of the Diverse Charter Schools Coalition. And I would tell Normandy people, hey, you need to look at some of these charter schools who were created to do exactly what you're saying, to desegregate, integrate schools in a way that all the parents participating will agree that this is, we're all fighting for the same quality education. We So again, the charter school model, when it comes to LGBTQ safe places, when it comes to culturally affirming Afrocentric schools, when it comes to integrations, I mentioned in Alabama, right? When it comes to, to uh
0: there's a, uh, Latino-centric schools, too. Exactly.
1: Hmong um, schools for Chinese uh, and, and Asian Americans, right? People of Somali and schools, right? There's, a, and,
0: there's one in Alaska that's preserving a native language.
1: Exactly. The native Lakota language. schools with Native Americans. So, so w- what is driving that is our, our people are saying we want to create this school. Now, here's what's wonderful about these schools is that they are intentionally diverse. And so they welcome other people to be part of those kind of schools, right? They,
0: ha- they have to. Like you can't turn kids away. So I think there's a lot of um, um, lack of knowledge. I mean, I think some of these young um, members of the house that you're mentioning, they may have grown up in districts that always had charter schools. I mean, in DC, by the time most 25 year olds that grew up in DC were like, there weren't charter schools before. You know what I mean? Like they're just so used to them. They're just part of the landscape. I had a research assistant who grew up in Minnesota and they are always charter schools. I mean, so when she moved to Missouri, she was like, Oh really? You guys don't really do that. I'm like, we don't, we do them as punishment. Right. (laughs) Um, So I can't like break through that mindset very much. And also the mindset that a school district wouldn't sponsor a charter school when they sponsor half of the charter schools in the country. I can't break through that mindset. And so it's great to talk to people like you, you know, who have a broader perspective Yeah. and, and Missourians love to know what's going on in other states and how many states don't have charter schools at this point. Um,
1: a handful. Uh, it's seven, and they're mostly they're mostly uh, out west, um, the North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, yeah. Nebraska, those kind of states. Um, and
0: and states that have allowed charter schools to flourish, like Texas and Florida. I mean, people move to Texas and Florida for lots of reasons, but when you do. You get to pick the school your kids go to because they're kind of everywhere. They're seamless. And I have a daughter in Denver. When she has kids, you know, they they won't have to move to to go to the school they want to go to. And that idea is still really foreign in Missouri.
1: Future folks will look back at this time and think it was ridiculous um, because education has to change in the 21st century. That's right. Delivery system has to change. Its considerations have to change. And parents have to be at the forefront, not the back. Not, not on the side. Um, they're gonna be, have to be at the forefront. Their needs, their desires, what they want for their kids has to be the focus. And teachers have a role to play. They deserve to be there. Their unions deserve to be there. Administrators deserve to be there. Uh, advocates in these highfalutin universities who have opinions deserve to be there. But parents and what they want has to come first and has to be the, the, the only outcome that we look at is how kids are doing. Um, and that's, a, that's an African thing. It's Habari Ghani. You judge how the village is doing but how the kids are doing
0: what a great wrap-up <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> nice talking to you ron take care take care of those kids
1: same here you too bye-bye Alrighty. bye thank you for listening to the show me institute podcast find more at showmeinstitute.org